0: Part Three, Chapter Two of Anna Karenina by Leo Tolstoy, translated by Nathan Haskell Doyle. This Supervox recording is in the public domain. Read by Marianne Spiegel. Early in June, Agafya Mikhailovna, the old nurse and a konomka or housekeeper, in going down the cellar with a pot of salted mushrooms, slipped and fell and dislocated her wrist. The district doctor a loquacious young medical student who had just taken his degree came and after examining the arm declared that it was not out of joint during dinner proud of finding himself in the society of the distinguished sergey ivanovich kweznushchev he began to relate all the petty gossip of the district in order to display his enlightened view of things and he expressed his regrets at the bad condition of provincial affairs sergey ivanovich listened attentively asking various questions And animated by the presence of a new hearer, he made keen and shrewd observations, which were received by the young doctor with respectful appreciation, and his spirits rose high, which, as his brother knew, was liable to be the case with him after a lively and brilliant conversation. After the doctor's departure, he expressed his desire to go to the river and fish. He was fond of fishing, and seemed to take pride in showing that he could amuse himself with such a stupid occupation constantine had to go to certain fields and meadows and offered to take his brother in the cabriolet as far as the river it was the time of year the very top of the summer when the prospects of harvest may be estimated when the labours of the next year's plantings begin to be thought of and the mowing time has come when the rye is already eared and sea-green in colour but still not fully formed when the ears of corn swing lightly in the breeze when the green oats, with scattered clumps of yellow grass, peep irregularly from the late sown fields, when the early buckwheat already is up and hides the soil, when the fallow fields, beaten as hard as stone by the cattle and with paths deserted, on which the soca, or primitive plough, has no effect, are half broken up, when the odor of the dry manure, heaped in little hillocks over the fields, mingles at twilight with the perfume of the honey-grass and on the bottomlands, waiting for the scythe, stand the protected meadows like a boundless sea with the darkening clumps of sorrel that has done blooming. It was the time when there is a brief breathing spell before the harvest, that great event which the music with eagerness expects each year. The crops promised to be superb, and there was a succession of bright, clear summer days, followed by short, dewy nights." The two brothers had to go through the woodland to reach the fields. Sergey Ivanovitch was all the time admiring the beauty of the forest with its dense canopy of leaves, and he pointed out to his brother, as they rode along, now an old linden almost in flower, dark on its shady side and variegated with yellow stipules, now at the emerald-shining young shoots of the same year. But Constantine did not himself like to speak or to hear about the beauties of nature, Words, he thought, spoiled the beauty of the thing that he saw. He assented to what his brother said, but allowed his mind to concern itself with other things. After they left the wood, his whole attention was absorbed by a fallow field on the hillock, where in some places the grass was growing yellow, where in others whole squares of it had been cut, and in others raked up into haycocks, and where in still other places the men were ploughing the carts were thronging up toward the field levin counted them and was satisfied with the work which was going on his thoughts were diverted by the sight of the meadows to the question of haymaking. he always experienced something which went to his very heart at the hay harvesting when they reached the meadow levin stopped his horse the morning dew was still damp on the thick grass and sergey ivanovitch begged his brother in order that he might not wet his feet to drive him in his cabriolet as far as a clump of laburnums near where perch were to be caught though levin disliked to trample down his grass he drove over through the field the tall grass clung round the wheels and the horse's legs and scattered its seed on the damp spokes and naves sergey sat down under the laburnums and cast his line but levin drove the horse aside fastened him and then went off through the vast green sea of the meadow unstirred by a breath of wind. The silky grass, with its ripe seeds, was almost waist-high in the places that had been overflowed. As Constantine Levin crossed the meadow diagonally, he met on the road an old man with one of his eyes swollen and carrying a swarming basket full of bees. "'Well, have you caught them, Vormich?' he asked. "'Caught them indeed, Constantine Mitrich.' if only I could keep my own. This is the second time the swarm has gone off. But thanks to the boys, they galloped after em. They are plowing your fields. They unhitched the horse and dashed off after em. Well, what do you say, Formich, should we begin mowing, or wait? Just as you say, according to our notions we should wait till St. Peter's Day, but you always mow earlier. Well, just as God will have it, The grass is in fine condition. There'll be plenty of room for the cattle. And what do you think of the weather? Well, all is in the hand of God. Maybe the weather will hold. Levin returned to his brother. Though he had caught nothing, Sergey Ivanovitch was undisturbed, and seemed to be in the best of spirits. Levin saw that he was stimulated by his talk with the doctor, and that he was eager to go on talking. Levin, on the contrary, was anxious to get back to the house as soon as possible, to give some orders about hiring mowers for the next day, and to decide the question about the haymaking, which occupied all his thoughts. "'Well,' said he, "'shall we go?' "'What is your hurry? Do let us sit down. But how drenched you are!' "'No, I've had no luck, but I have enjoyed it all the same. All outdoor sports are beautiful, because you have to do with nature.' now just notice how charming that steely water is, he exclaimed. These meadow-banks, he went on to say, always remind me of an enigma, do you know? The grass says to the river, we have strayed far enough, we have strayed far enough. I don't know that riddle, interrupted Constantine in a melancholy tone. End of chapter 2